Being a woman is tough. Hear about those voices from the world: aggressive, emotional, incapable, second citizen, undereducated, and no future. How do you feel about it? If you're sick of those voices wandering in your mind, listen to me. No matter where you are, we are here to break those voices and educate ourselves together in leadership. Business and power, because every woman has strengths to build her own weapons and bring out the authentic, beautiful, wise, and successful self. Welcome to Woman in Power. I'm your host, Li Xin. In today's episode, let's talk with Denisha Ratley. Denisha is the director of religious and spiritual life at Babson College. As a black woman, she has the face and authenticity to herself and people around her. When I first met Denisha, I noticed on her wall there were so many appreciation cards from her students, family, and friends. She told me that we are the ones to create our own world, and hers is definitely full of gratefulness. As a woman, Denisha never surrenders to social limitations, and even when she failed, she always has the courage to stand up and fight it again, which made her one of our best role models. Today, let's hear about Denisha's story of being a woman. Hi, Denisha. Welcome to Women in Power. Thank you, Lucian. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here, and great job you're doing. I am so thankful that you have this. Amazing podcast around women's empowerment. This is this is spectacular. So I'm happy to be here. Wow! Thank you so much. It's just like such a pleasure to hear your story. And first, I'm going to ask you a really big question. So today, so many people are fighting and talking about women's right in the workplace, family, and you know, just general public.、Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious from your personal experience. What does women's right mean to you, and why is so important for us to think about it? Yeah, wow, that is a big question and a great question. I think women's rights—what it means to me—is that women have the capacity and the capability of being themselves, to be fully themselves, wholly themselves,、um, without interruption.、Um, I love the language you use in social limitations. Um, and not only do we have that re- that capacity, but we have the ability to flourish.、Uh, I think women are are the most phenomenal beings on the planet. I mean, I'm a little biased in that regard.、Um, but not only do we have the capacity, the capability, and the ability, but we are responsible people. We're responsible beings, and so our responsibility is to walk in our authenticity. Um, and all the things that we desire to become and evolve into、um, and be in this world,、um, that we have the right and the responsibility to do it. Whether that's being a mom, a student, whether it's being the attorney general, whether it's being president,、uh, whether it's being a ballerina or working at a grocery store, women have the capacity and the ability to do anything and everything that we put our minds, our hearts to. Um, and I, again, that word "social limitation" is so huge,、um, and so yes, I, I think that's what I would say when it comes to what it means and why it's important. Is because we have other young women that are coming behind us, right?、Mm-hmm. We have young girls who are seeing our lives on platforms and in、um, in arenas that we have dared to dream to be in. 
Um, and so it's important because other young women are looking at us and older women as well. Um, but it's also important because we get to challenge the status quo. We get to challenge those social limitations that are put on us from birth. Um, mm -hmm. And we get to almost, in the words, I think, of Hillary Clinton, we get to break the glass ceiling, right? We get to break those things that try to stop us from flourishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why. Uh, yes, and you speak about like a social limitation. Mm -hmm. Like as a, you know, minority woman yourself, when you yes. grow up, have you ever questioned that what your family, school, or community told you about the standards, you know, like the standards? Being a woman, it's just like, it's not true. I don't, do you ha have you had that kind of moment? Absolutely. I have those moments almost, if not every day, maybe at least three or four times a week. My whole wow. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's uncommon for women, especially those of us who want to think outside the box and who want to actually make some type of change. And change is evasive and it's on a spectrum. And so for me, I've always been that child that. I don't want to use this language in a negative sense, but I've been kind of wild, you know, like I remember one particular time my mom wanted me to wear a dress to church mm -hmm. and I didn't want to wear a dress because I thought it was stupid. I was like, why am I'm a girl, but why do I have to wear a dress? Like that doesn't define me. So what I did was I actually wore jeans under the dress and I had this short dress on. Well, the dress came to my knees and I had on these baggy jeans underneath and my mom let me go to church that way. And to me, that was a statement saying, okay, I'll let you put me in a dress, but I'm going to wear what I want to wear. You know, I am going to wear these jeans anyway. <laughs> Thankfully, my mom did not discipline me because she normally would have. Um, but I think that was just one of those senses where I was coming into my own self. And, you know, I just remember always thinking, well, why does my brother get to do this? And why don't he have to do this? And why do men, you know, uh, why do men say this? And for a while, I actually conformed to those standards. For mm -hmm. a while, I would quiet myself. I would silence myself. I would um, kind of cover my personality, speak when spoken to, um, always be the yes woman, um, always be positive and smile. And even though those things are part of my personality, they're, they're not, um, they do not define me. Or mm. um, when I do have something to say that is opposite of what you're saying, I could still smile and I can still <laughs> but disagree with you. Um, so I think the standards that were put on me as a child, especially being, being a black woman, I was so afraid of being seen as aggressive. So I learned how there's a term that we use, um, in, in our culture called code switching, right? So mm -hmm. code switching is when you're around the majority group or you're around non-blacks or, um, not people who are not a part of your ethnic identity and you act a certain way um, just so that you can um, just navigate that area or that that space um, and then once you get around people that look like you your tribe your group your people um, you act you you are more apt to be your authentic self 
And so I've learned code switching. I mean, my mom and dad taught me those things, especially growing up in the South, where the KKK can march through um, your county at any time they want it to, right? I've, mm. I've seen the KKK march through my county. I've been called the N-word by white men carrying Confederate flags. I've been followed in stores. I've been called a thief. Um, and none of those things um, are, of course, not true, but they do have implications on how I see myself and how I navigate the world. And so I had to learn at an early age, and I'm still learning. I'm living in Massachusetts. It's a different code of switching. Um, but I'm learning how to undress myself from those things and to redress myself on empowering things. Um, you know, affirmations, reading, educating, learning about history, um, self-discovery. Um, it is really brave and courageous to be your true self mm -hmm. as a woman. It is so brave to speak up, to have a voice, you know? Um, and this is the last thing I'll say. About a few years ago, I remember I would take off my shoes and I would walk in the house or I would walk outside. Now, most people know me, I'm a germaphobe, so that doesn't even happen often. But I wanted to hear my footsteps because I wanted to fall in love with the way I sound when I walk. Uh, for so long, I just was so disconnected from my body and for, you know, and, and seeing it as an object. And we could go through all those things. Like that's a whole podcast by itself, right? Mm -hmm. But I learned to love the sound of my feet walking. I learned to love the sound of my voice. Um, and that has been really, really uh, just nurturing and empowering within itself. So wow. yes, I have had those moments. Um, but I'm, I've unlearned a lot and I'm still unlearning so that I can learn, you know? I mean, like, even me, I, this is my first time hearing mm. part of your story and I feel, you know, shocked. You have experienced so many different things yeah. and you're here, you overcome it. I mean, like a lot of people, like, um, even for the women around me, people are scary to be like especially women they're scared to be seen as aggressive mm -hmm. aggressive like it's just like what we don't call men is aggressive we call women aggressive exactly exactly so i wonder like how how did you do to clear yourself from all those stereotypes you know like this other stereotype that other people give you like do you just don't listen to it or how do you handle it well, I think it was a process. And um, one of the things is I am a woman of faith, right? So my faith is very important to me and I've learned how to, and I think we had the conversation about, you know, Buddhism and um, we talked about Christianity. So we talked a lot about many different religions. And so for me, it was through prayer. I mean, I'm not going to say that was the first thing. It probably wasn't the first thing, but it was <laughs> the most <laughs> powerful things. Um, and really understanding uh, there is a, a, a word in the Bible that, that uh, is uh, Hebrew and it's called the Imago Dei and it's the image of God and learning that everybody is made in the image of God, right? I think that was one of the most um, enlightening things that I could have learned about myself. Uh, so the more I learned about me and the more I learned about how good I am, even though I may do bad things, but at the core of who I am, I'm still valued and I'm still worthy um, to love and to give love. Um, so then I started 
uh, then I went through a phrase of like, well, I don't care. You could call me, you could call me loud. You could call me aggressive. I don't really care. But I did care. I really did care. But I started just kind of uh, disregarding what people said for, with the hard exterior, right? So my, my exterior became more, more, uh, more hard, hardened. And, um, and that didn't work because I'm a lovable person and I want to love people and I want to engage conversation and learn why people think the way they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then I just went through a process of, okay, you know what, let me learn how to listen, uh, to understand, but I have to be bold enough. You know, you get to a point in life where you get tired of being tired. Right? Mm -hmm. You get tired of people telling you you're too much. You get tired of people telling you you're aggressive or you're too loud. Um, and then at the end of the day, you're like, wait a minute, these people don't pay my bills. These people don't buy my clothes. Exactly. Buy my food. They sure enough don't pay for my apartment. So why am I even interested in their opinion? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people give, give opinions when you don't even ask for them. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that the only opinions that mattered were the people that I build relationship with. Um, and so they weren't saying these things about me. Actually, they were wanting more of me. They were wanting me to speak more and for me to be more random and more uh, just uh, just all over the place. And so that that was very, um, that was healing uh, to me. And so it is really hard. And I know women across the world, it's hard for uh, many of us to speak our minds or to go against the brain. Um, but it's worth it, you know, it's worth it because at the, at the end of the day, you know, I had to live with my soul being broken. Mm -hmm. I had to live with my soul yearning for more and my heart on fire to change and my heart on fire to make an impact. But the more I kept my mouth closed and I kept my gifts and talents like buried, there would be no fruit that I don't get to plant, I don't get to water, I don't get to sow into people, or I don't get people to sow into me, like words of encouragement, different things like that. So it's a process and it looks different for so many people. I would say you should start by, I would say you should start by listening to your own voice, like practice saying things, practice hearing yourself say certain things. Like when I would leave a conversation you know, sometimes I would get too far in my head and I thought, oh, I should have told him off or I should have said that. And, you know, next time I'm going to say this to him <laughs> or to her. Um, but then I started saying, let me educate myself with facts, with history, um, with other people's experience. So that way, when I'm having a conversation or I'm called to speak out, it's not only from my experience, even though my experience should be enough, but in today's society, some will say it's not, but I want to be able to give you a, a spectrum of information um, to, to kind of help your learning curve if, if you ever push back against anything I say or disagree with my experience, if that makes sense. Yes, literally. It's a very sincere, like self-reflection, I feel. Mm -hmm. It's just like you have a very good connection with yourself first. Mm -hmm. then everything will change. But you, you got to understand yourself. You got to educate yourself, like you said. That's yeah. very important. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I wonder, like, because you work for Babson College, right? Mm-hmm. You have a very diverse group of students that visiting you every day. Yeah. I I guess um, it's just like an assumption that you know, uh, people in the Amer in American is different than you know, student from uh, Indian or China, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially for you know the girls, women. Yes. Do you see like any you know major difference between them when it comes to okay, women in power? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's a yeah. really good question. Mm-hmm. I think the mm, the only difference that I'm I may have is educating women who are not black or who who have who haven't had a minority experience. Just educating them on what that may look like right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, sharing that story. And, but all women that I've engaged with, they all, that, that I feel like, again, my faith, I feel like God has allowed me to engage with. I, I don't think that people come to me just because, but I, I think of it as, wow, God, thank you for trusting me to connect with this person, to connect with this woman. Um, and so I look at it like, Many of these women that I've, I've, you know, I work with, but also they have helped me in so many areas as well, that they all have in common. There's like this, this yearning of greatness mm-hmm. that they just need to get out. Like, it's like this, um, it's almost like a seed of greatness mm-hmm. that they, they want to, to get out, but society, personality, uh, maybe even lack of experience, they may not know how to to nurture it or mm-hmm. how to bring it out. So I see myself almost like a midwife or almost like a, a journey partner, right? With every woman, I feel like I just get to journey with her, especially in college because we're at Batson. I get to partner with her on this journey mm-hmm. to give birth to whatever she wants to give birth to. Now, we're not talking about physical kids, but, you know, that's, you know, (laughs) prerogative. But whether it is, you know, for example, I I meet with some young women on relationships. Now, I am 37 years old and I'm single. So some people would be like, well, what do you have to say about relationships? I have a lot to say about relationships. (laughs) And I try to be as honest and forthcoming as I can, uh, but also understanding people have different personalities. So I make sure that I have permission to, to share or permission to give advice before I, you know, give my, my opinion. Um, some students are, are young women come to me because they're looking, um, they're trying to navigate this new normal, this normal of, you know, I, I think at Babson is more uh, men than women, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, um, uh, academic wise, the, com- the competition, um, how to maintain friendship during this time, um, how to stay true to your values, um, mm-hmm. how to be a leading lady uh, during this season of their life. And so honestly, it may look different because they're all different, but at the root of it, it it's really comes down to these are great individuals with a lot of uh, potential and, and possibilities. And I just get to witness it. I get to dream with them. Mm-hmm. And that has been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can see how enjoy you are yeah. with the students. That's that's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I know, like in your profile, there's like one quote stand out. You wrote, "You like to help women find confidence in mm-hmm. themselves by 
deconstruction beauty standards and apprehension around makeups and natural hair. Like, you know, many people might blame that it's society's fault that give women pressure mm -hmm. and even how women should look like, you know. But eventually our women are, you know, the decision maker for ourselves. Like yeah. you said it before, like we need to be true to ourselves first, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what, what's your suggestion to those women who are seeking for, like, you know, how to make a right decision decision yeah. that is from their heart? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I, um, I think when, and I just tell a little bit about me. So I hated makeup. Mm -hmm. I remember in high school, I would be like, I'll never be one of those girls who wear makeup. And I'll never be one of those girls who always wear leopard print. Like, who does that? Okay, fast forward 20 years later, I am doing that. I, I love leopard print. Today, I'm surprised I don't have it on. And I wear makeup almost every day. I mean, even in quarantine, I'm like, ooh, lipstick. Let's order a new, new tube of lipstick, you know? Uh -huh. And so over the years, I've come to realize that there had to be some deconstruction. Um, yes, from society, but what I believed, you know, because you have to, I believe you have to come in an agreement with those things. Um, you have to be like, oh, well, society says that I should look like this or I should do this in order to get a man or in order to get a job or in order for people to see that I'm smart, right? So it becomes like, oh, in order for me to do this, I need to be this. And so I had to learn how to make better decisions when it comes to who I am as a person, right? Like their expectations do not define me. Um, what they are requesting of me is not my standard. Their mm -hmm. standard of beauty is not my standard. Um, I had to, you know, look in the mirror and really force myself to look at myself um, and see the beauty that was there. That was mm -hmm. so hard. That was, that was probably one of the hardest things. Ever. I can imagine. Yeah. You know? And so, because you have all these thoughts and, you know, I'm, you know, at that time I was still single and I'm like, oh my God, I'm single. And, you know, I, I needed, like, I'm just, there has to be something wrong with the outer. There's something wrong with the inner. And then I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with the outer. There's nothing wrong with the inner. Mm -hmm. um, and my life is not predicated on beauty standards. You know, my life, you know, I don't get a reward at the end of life that says, oh my God, Denicia, you were beautiful and you got a husband and here's a reward. That's not a reward. That's not an, a, an achievement. It's not a goal of mine, right? The older I've become, my goal in life is to be more authentic myself. So, for example, I just brought some roller skates. Now, we're in a pandemic. I'm not going outside to roller skate. So I'm about to roller skate in my house, back and forth, around this counter, up and down my hallway, um, because it brings me joy, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to making decisions, it's based on your values. My value is about joy. My values is about like integrity and honesty. Um, and being, of course, true to myself and true to who I am. Mm -hmm. But it's really also about one thing I live by. I don't ever want anyone to come in my presence and leave the way they came. If you come in my presence and you leave sad or you leave offended or you leave upset, 
I don't, that's not a value of mine. I want people to experience me, whether we agree or disagree or have an argument, but I want the experience with other people to be a good one, to be a positive one, to be an empowering one. Um, but I also want the experience of myself to be the same, right? So I had to learn how do I experience myself? And at one point in time, it wasn't good because I was being kind to everyone else. I was supportive of everyone else. But when I started listening to the thoughts that I was saying to myself, they were very harsh, mm -hmm. very horrible. Mm -hmm. And so even to this day, sometimes I'll send an email to certain college young ladies and I'll say, and then the subject line, it'll say, are you being kind to yourself? And then I'll put like a little, you know, in the message box, just checking in, making sure you're being kind to yourself, because I know the struggle, especially as women, that we have to be kind and compassionate towards our own souls. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered your question. Of course you did. Everything you're say saying right now is so beautiful. And this is also something I really wanted to show my audience, like, you know, being authentic to yourself and also, especially for women, like you are sometimes, you know, we're tended to please other people because we wanted to meet the standard. Absolutely. But like you said, the standards are not that important because we can literally make the standards for ourselves. Absolutely. Who made them in the first place? It yes. wasn't women that made them, you know? <laughs> I'm really curious for, you know, our last, last call. Yeah. What, what do you, so for you, what is the um, difference between women in power and men in power? Mm. You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think it, uh, hmm. I think there is a difference, but I think there are similarities because for me, women, there's this nurturing aspect that I think women need that men may need, but not as much. Right. Um, I, and of course, it's, this is a hard question because we're all so different, right? Yes. Um, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with one of my really good friends. She's Mexican-American, um, and we've been friends since seminary. And she said that um, she realized that she worked under a man leader. So she was uh, working under a man, and he was her boss. And she realized for so many years, she was leading like a man. And what that meant was she wasn't tapping in, tapping into her feminine energy or her feminine feminism in the sense of like, I am a woman. I don't have to lead hard and stern. Um, I can lead based on my personality, but also based on my nurturing um, traits, right? So I'm not saying all women are nurturing, but nurturing looks different. But that is one of the things I think is different between men empowerment and women empowerment the similarity is that both of them need to be empowered right but it's in how you do it and i think that men empowerment doesn't take much mm -hmm. because they're a man and this is a patriarchal society i mean i could be biased i don't think men need to be empowered as much as women do because they are groomed uh, to be empowered, 
right? Mm -hmm. They're groomed to be leaders um, or to be heads of the household or to um, be heads or, or, or bosses or leaders um, in certain uh, uh, platform or atmospheres. And so maybe men, instead of being empowered, maybe they should be empowered to empower women, right? Right. So how do men <laughs> empower women? I think that could be the best thing. Like how do men, you know, take their platforms and use it in a sense to say, hey, this is a sister of mine. We have the same credentials. Um, we have the same um, uh, academic account, uh, cal not calendar, I'm thinking about school, academic <laughs> resume. Um, let's let her lead or let's bring her on. Um, and be coley, right? When it comes to women in power, I think that we are seeing, we have seen in the past years, women just flourish like never before, from my understanding. Now, of course, in history, women have done phenomenal things, but now women at younger ages are, are doing things unheard of, right? They're, they are young young girls and young ladies are grabbing hold to my gender my sex does not my gender does not it does not define who i am i can do great things and so empowerment could look different right in the next 10 to 15 years it could be that now that we are empowered um we could empower other people because as women we have um gathered and gained all the things that we need um, to, to navigate, um, the, the society. So, yeah, I think that, um, that's a really good question. Um, I think both genders need something different and I, I don't want to just say, you know, men and women, because there's, you know, non-binary and, you know, the mm -hmm. spectrum of genders. So, um, but if we're talking about these particular two, um, I think maybe words, uh, an affirmation for women, Mm -hmm. And for men, I think demonstration, right? Like, um, for me, I always look for not necessarily why I should be a leader, mm -hmm. um, but, or maybe, you know, I do, I look for like, like the whys and the how, but men may look for what the when, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when is it a good time to be a leader, right? So for me as a woman, I'm looking for, okay, how do I do this? And why is this? where Ben could be saying, well, I'm already no, you know, so when can I do this? Um, and that could be totally based off my, my perspective and be, you know, totally different for someone else. But yeah, I hope that answered your question at least a little bit. Yes, I really like your idea of using men's power to empower women. Yes. Because I do feel like, you know, like you said, we're living this kind of society that we cannot determine seems like you know we're, we're born it's like this yeah. but what we can do is collaboration mm -hmm. i mean i think the equality is more like you know we respect each other we use each other's strengths to empower each other absolutely i mean that's just like very ideal um but i do love what you're sharing everything today especially for women like since i come to the u.s i figure that women has more potentials mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I come from Inner Mongolia, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know acres and acres of grassland. It's very poor, 
Mm-hmm. Women are more like household. Mm-hmm. But what you're telling me today is really different. Like I wanted to show them, you can be better. You can choose your life. You can set your standard. Yes. That's yes. woman in power. Yes. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Thank and you. I'm so thankful for you inviting me on and, and sharing and being able to reflect on these things because, you know, this is not who I was at the age of 22 or even at the age of 30. I was still learning these things and to be able to articulate it, um, but also be able to live it, right? Like I just told my friend the other day, I'm a practicing woman or I'm a practicing Christian or I'm a practice because every day is a practice. Every day I'm learning. I haven't arrived yet. And, and I think that that is also something huge to understand that you have not arrive to your full capacity yet right there are still some things within um, that needs to be without and there's still some things within that needs to be expressed so i'm just really proud of you for being brave and courageous um, to have this conversation um, and to and to water your greatness right to to be able to invite people on and have a conversation and to water the greatness inside of you as well as others is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you again, Denisha, for your presence and insights. Being a woman in power is definitely not a slogan, but real practice. Thank you for listening. I see you at my next episode.